Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand, and I am so glad to be here with you today. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a parent. And if you are a parent of a child that can speak, you have probably experienced the topic of our episode today, and that is backtalk. Rude, snarky comments in response to your authority as a parent. It can be maddening, and I say this from personal experience. Lucky for us, we have a parenting expert today to help us address this dynamic in our homes. Dr. Becca is a child psychologist and host of the blog, Parenting the Modern Family. Hi, Dr. Becca. Hey, Megan. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm excited to talk about backtalk and how we can tackle that as parents today. Excellent. I can't wait to jump in. First, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family situation and your your family dynamic? Okay, thanks. Um, Well, professionally, I'm a child psychologist. I uh, work full-time at a university clinic here in Southern California, and there I'm able to work with parents all day long. My specialty is working with high-risk adolescents, so um, preteens and teenagers who struggle with self-harm. You might know that as cutting, Mm -hmm. and also suicidal ideation. So these are pretty serious teens, and these parents are really struggling with some really serious um, situations with their kids. And so uh, during the day, that's what I'm dealing with. And then uh, I get to come home on the nights (laughs) and weekends, and I have two awesome uh, teenagers that I get to enjoy all the time. Excellent. And how old are your teenagers? So my son is 16. He's a junior in high school this year. And my daughter is 13. And she's in middle school. Excellent. Excellent. Well, and I have a 10 year old and a 12 year old. So you're a a handful of years ahead of me. So I am doubly thrilled to have you as a uh, guiding force on on our conversation today. (laughs) Oh, great. So talk a little bit about um, backtalk. I mean, this is this is minor in the realm of mental health issues for teens and tweens. But when you're when you're dealing with parents, how mm-hmm. frequently do you find parents just frustrated with that attitude and that mouthiness about with their kids talking back to them? Yeah, you know, all the time. I, I don't think there has been one parent client that I have dealt with who hasn't addressed backtalk with me at a certain point. You know, backtalk is so Um, It's such a hot button issue for parents because, you know, as parents, we go to work, whether full time or part time, we're busy dealing with, you know, several kids in our household, but we also have frustrations outside of the family, too. And so it's really difficult then to come home and we just want to connect with our kids, right? And our kids maybe are back talking us and Parents tend to really, you know, get offended by that and disappointed and frustrating. So it's a real hot button issue that parents just wish would go away. Yeah. And I think you just hit that nail on the head as far, at least for me personally, that emotional, I don't, I don't tend to be overly emotional, I don't think, but here's the thing that makes me insane. Mm -hmm. If I've just spent time making a nice dinner, what I think is a, you know, a healthy, nice dinner for my family. And my daughter comes down and she's like, that is what we are having. Oh, disgusting. I want to throw her into another zip code when she does that. Cause I'm like, I don't have to do this. You know? Right. Yeah. So, I hear you. Yeah. It's there's... hard not to take these things personally as a parent. And I'm a lot like you, Megan, where I feel like I'm not an overly emotional person, but I do tend to take this personally sometimes because I, you know, we just want our kids to appreciate the hard work 
we go to for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the, you've got, you did a great blog post about this and we'll include it in the show notes, but what okay. are the, some of the reasons that kids do this? Why do they talk back to us? Yeah. You know, I think it's important to understand the reasons why, not because understanding it is going to make the problem go away, Mm -hmm. but understanding it as a parent will help the parent get into the right mindset to deal with backtalk. Right. So there are several key reasons that kids backtalk. Um, One of them is uh, mostly this is for younger kids, but even teenagers struggle with this as well. But sometimes backtalk is Um, the reason behind kids just feel bad inside. Mm. They don't know really what they're feeling, but it's this feeling of yuckiness inside. And so when parents maybe say something to the kids, you know, it just comes out as disrespect because they don't know how to communicate to the parent what they're feeling inside because they don't know themselves. Right. It's just kind of yucky feeling that just whatever is going to come out of their mouth is going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah, and they just want that yucky feeling to go away. And and they have this relationship with parents that parents used to help, you know, handle their problems for them when they were babies. They cried. They felt yucky. They cried. They got food. You know, that yucky feeling went away. And so as our preteens, our teenagers, you know, develop, they, they sometimes regress back to that mode. Um, and it's our job as parents to then teach them Um, okay, you might not feel great inside. And the appropriate way to behave right here is not with disrespect, but with some positive communication. So that's one reason. You know, another reason that um, oftentimes I'll recommend this to parents, and it's, it's like night and day to them. But, you know, kids tend to have predictable triggers. And Megan, you have two kids, I have two kids. And, and, both kids are not the same in their triggers. So no. You have to go to the effort <laughs> to figure out each child's individual triggers. Right. But sometimes they're just triggered. You know, they don't want to get up and do something right now. It's hard for them to transition. Or, you know, there's another trigger where they're just, you know, they're not morning people. And anything you say to them in the morning is going to come out as disrespect. So if you could figure out your child's trigger, that is really helpful. And then I also talk to my um, my clients at work about this thing that I've called HALT, H-A-L-T. Mm-hmm. You know, don't come at your kids um, with something if you know they're going to have this behavior back talk if they are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm. So if any of those things need to be addressed, if they need to have a snack or if they haven't had dinner, dinner's been late, you know, address the hungriness before asking about homework, right? You know, if they're tired, you know, they're not sleeping great, you know, address the the good sleep habits and the good sleep hygiene. Um, And and you'll probably find that back talk goes away pretty quickly. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case, especially with one of my kids who I swear she has blood sugar issues. It's like get the child a cracker quickly because we're going down the rabbit hole here. (laughs) Um, So what what are so there we've just talked about a couple of the reasons that kids Mm -hmm. might talk back. But what are we doing as parents that's really not helping these situations? What mistakes are we making? Right. So a lot of times, uh, like we had kind of previously discussed before, parents will take uh, backtalk and disrespect personally. Right. Um, And so we have to really try to start stepping back from that and realizing that this is a developmental teaching moment. So the more we can practice stepping back and taking the emotion out of the situation, the better the parent can be to use that as a parenting teaching time. Um, So that is one of them. Um, And another thing that a lot of my parents do is they want to 
over-teach, over-preach, or over-lecture during these situations. How do you stop yourself from doing that? Exactly. (laughs) Because they just, they give you that like blank stare that, and they don't respond at all. And so you feel like you just have to keep talking at them. Right. And and totally ineffective. Parents think that (laughs) I haven't said the right words in the right sequence. And it's just a a magic word or a magic sequence (laughs) of words and they'll suddenly get it. But really, it's it's repetition. Your kids need to be reminded of this over time um, before they really get that disrespect is not going to get them anywhere. Right, right. Well, and you know, somebody told me recently that with tweens and teens, if you're getting backtalk, like a lot of times the first two things that come out of their mouth, you just have to completely ignore because it's Mm going to be nasty or ugly or what have you, depending on their mood. And then if you can get past that and not get sucked into the emotion, then that's where you can sort of have a conversation. So is that a strategy is to just ignore it? Well, ignoring is um, kind of a hot button issue with parents because they feel like, well, if they ignore it, then it's going to continue or it's letting them get away with something. Right. But really, it's just like what you said. It's letting them kind of get out this whatever disrespect they said. But your next step as the parent is to not let your child show that it pushed your button, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then to consistently then um, uh, parent them. And and we'll go maybe through some steps that parents can take. But then go through the steps of parenting in that situation. Um, So it's not really about ignoring. It's not letting your child push your buttons so you're parenting out of emotion. Instead, you're parenting with a plan. Right. Okay. So let me give you an example. So going back to my example of my daughter Mm -hmm. being nasty about what's on the table for dinner, which really, there have been several instances where I'll be, I'll say, go to your room, please. Because it just pisses me off so much. And what's a reasonable consequence for backtalk? I'm a little, I'm struggling a little bit between, do I ignore it and just try to make sure my emotions are in check, even though it makes me upset and it hurts my feelings or whatever it does? Do I ignore it or do I literally say, that's not respectful and X consequence. Sure. And that's a really good question. Um, first of all, if you, the only time I recommend ignoring back talk is if you as the parent are so emotionally triggered by it mm-hmm. that your next move might come out as yelling at your child, saying something right. to your child inappropriate. You know, if you're going to do something that is hurtful, <laughs> ignore it. Got it. If you can step back a little bit and parent in that situation, um, you know, one of the techniques I recommend is to just always have the same boring statement that your child can predict will happen every time they back talk. Um, My um, boring statement I use with my kids that I would might use in that situation is, well, when you work hard and you've become a parent, you can have whatever meal you want in your household. But right now I've worked hard. I'm the parent. This is the meal I've chosen to have tonight. Mm, I like that. Now talk a little bit more about that strategy because you talk about it in your blog. And I I, I love this idea. And there's there's several things to this idea. So can you talk a little bit about that and then positive reinforcement? Yeah, definitely. So um, I've found that this works for my own kids. And so I recommend it for my patients at work. And then I hear back from um, my patients at work that this has also worked for them as well. So I think this is a really good um, technique. But you know, you just have a line that your your kids know that you're going to say during situations like this. So they know later, 
you know, their behavior will get them this boring, um, <laughs> you know, line and nothing else. So positive um, reinforcement, a lot of times parents uh, misunderstand positive reinforcement, that it means complimenting your child every time for something. But that's really not what positive reinforcement is. Positive reinforcement is a behavior that you do as a parent um, when your child does a behavior, um, when you want that your child's behavior to continue. So um, if you want your child's good behavior to continue, so if you want your child to come to the table and eat um, what you fixed with minimal complaining, then if they complain about the meal, you give them the boring one-liner and they know what's going to happen every time they do it, then they're more likely to come to the table and not back talk because they know all they're going to get is your boring line. Well, and I think it's really important to point out that, and this is, this is from your post and mm-hmm. I see myself doing this. It's important to point out that after you give that one liner, then you shut up. Like right. you don't keep, you don't then go into the over preaching about how hard you work and how you've prepared everything, which is like what I like to do. Go <laughs> into all of the nitty gritty details. About, you know. Right. And so that, you just have to stop. Like after you give the boring one liner, yeah. the instructions to you are, and that's it. Oh, definitely. And, and, and this is something that I work with parents all the time. This is part of the over free. So hard. It's so hard to just be quiet. (laughs) And and I fall into the same trap myself too, but you just have to give the line and that's it. Because the more you can open the door for your child to negotiate with you, the more they see that you're not resolute in your parenting. And it's so so hard. I have one kid who's a negotiator and one kid who's uh not. So Mm -hmm. if I set it to the non-negotiator, they would probably like shrink and, you know, she'd shrink into her shell and not say anything again. The negotiator, Uh if I said that, she's going to come back at me every time and probably with something even sassier. So the challenge for me as a parent with a kid like that is to just not say anything else like stop engaging with her because uh, you know you can go back and forth all day long with a kid like that and you know what i happen to know this because i was a kid like that my dad Uh and i used to go back and forth like this all day long and my mother would be like stop talking to her she's doing what you want her to do you know right and it's hard to see that in the moment because you're having emotions your child is having emotions so that's why if you know what you're going to do Uh, beforehand, and you just follow through on the plan, you'll probably see a lot more success. Okay. Have you heard of any other really boring one-liners from any of your clients? Because I like Um, yours. I'm mm -hmm. just wondering if... Yeah, that's a a really good question. Um, I, you know, I don't really ask. um, But any kind of, you know, something boring that you can say that that doesn't spark a challenge, you know, um, probably could be a good thing. Um, so like, so just if you, like a, like a, a, a statement that's just kind of like, this is my worldview and this is my, what I'm, this is what we're doing. Right. Period. Yeah. And you don't want to ask them, well, we'll make, we'll make what you want tomorrow night. Or, you know, you don't want it to be like, we're, um, negotiating this right now. It's you're the parent. And, you know, sometimes parents need to be, um, validated a little bit that it's okay to be a parent and it's okay to make rules and it's okay for you to have preferences in your own home, um, for things like this. So, um, you also said it's important to not have Like if you are going to be at a place where you're screaming that statement at your kid, that's maybe not, that's the time to just not say anything at all. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, (laughs) you definitely don't want to up the ante there. And um, because I had noticed parents get into that power struggle a lot too, where if they feel personally offended by their child, something that their child said, they try to up the ante and be be even nastier. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, what are you teaching your child in that moment? You're teaching the ante. Yeah. 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 So you definitely don't want to follow it, fall into that trap either. Okay. So what other tips do you have for eliminating backtalk? Okay. So another one is, um, first before your child comes in and, and they're doing the backtalk, you want to assess your own behavior. You know, do you model backtalk in front of your kids? And and this is something that's a little difficult maybe to be honest with yourself about. Mm. But, you know, when your um, uh, partner, husband, partner, wife comes in and they tell you something, do you backtalk them? Because that's modeling to your child that backtalk is how you behave with people, you know? Give an example of that. Sure. So if, um, so if, you know, you're the mom and, and let's say your husband comes in and, and, um, he says, he asks you, Hey, how was your day, honey? And you're like, how, how, why would you bother to ask me that? You always ask me that or, you know, some remark. Or how do you think my back. day was? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's back talk. Okay. Um, so you want to show your child, you want to model to your child how you, calmly, positively talk to other people. So um, even if you're annoyed, um, some of us are, you know, we need a little downtime when we come home from work. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could just say to your to your husband, uh, you know, I just got home from work. I need a few minutes. Um, I'll update you about my day after my bath or something like right, that. Right, know? right. Yeah, so I can see that, how that would be a hard one to kind of assess your own behavior, but I can see how it would also be an important one. Yeah. So um, that's that's a good one, just to kind of take a step back notice what you're modeling to your child and you Mm -hmm. might need to make a few adjustments there. Mm -hmm. And that could be, you know, life changing for your family as well. Also remember the halt triggers that Mm -hmm. we talked about before the Mm -hmm. hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If your child is any of those things, address those emotional and and physical triggers. And you'll probably notice a big impact in the back talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another big thing that I see a lot, and, and this happened in my own family is my, I always thought my kids were okay with the back talk. They didn't back talk very much until we started watching family TV. So this is when they were younger. Yeah, yeah. You know, they started watching the Hannah Montana and those other Disney and Nick Jr. shows. And all of a sudden, I saw the back talk just really take off. Yeah. And so Funny. then I... Yeah. And so I had to institute a rule and, and I told them, you know, if if you're going to model the and imitate the behavior you see on TV, I guess that means you can't handle TV anymore. And it's back to Blue's Clues. And I think we had a week of that and my kids got it. Like, <laughs> it's funny when it's on TV because those aren't real families. Yeah. But in real families, you don't act that way. So if you notice your kids are picking up behavior from TV and it could even be from their friends. At I was school. just going to say that or from friends. Yep. Yeah. Then you really have to have that conversation with them and tell them, you know, part of growing up is understanding that other people act a certain way because they have different circumstances. But in this family, we act differently. And if you can't handle it, you can't have those friends or that TV or whatever. Right. right. No, that's a um, good one. Yeah. So, so they pick up a lot of stuff around them and um, it's, our job as parents to teach them what is appropriate in our family according to our passions, values, and beliefs. And in our family, this is how we're going to act. And that's okay to do. Excellent. What else? Yeah. Um, so another one would be, you know, set limits ahead of time. So this is one of those conversations you're going to have to have with your kids before the back talk happens. And, you know, just let them know that in your family, you're not going to have certain words or behaviors used. 
such as um, you don't want to hear any kind of uh, swear words. If you hear a swear word, no matter what, the consequences are going to be X. You know, mm. you decide what the consequences are. Um, another thing is eye rolling. Um, I know personally at my house, I don't put up with the eye rolling. If you have to communicate with me in a conversation where there's going to be eye rolling, the conversation's done. You know, oh, that's good. Yeah. So and, and this is just part of the parent taking control of, you know, being in charge of the, the family environment and what is appropriate and what is not appropriate for that family. So have that conversation with your kids beforehand so that they know what is going to happen if they break any of these kind of kinds of communication rules in the family. I like that. That could be like a family meeting conversation too. That you're yeah. Being and proactive. you know, sometimes too, they can have a little input in that. So, you know, there's kind of these borderline words like, I don't know, stupid. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe your kids think it's okay to use the word stupid and you don't. But maybe there can be some negotiation there. Sure. So that that gives them some buy-in to this um, this family rule. Got it. Yeah. Any other tips that you have for eliminating well, back talk? Yeah. Um, you know, just oh, a, a big one. Here's a big one that um, I often bring up to parents that they don't think about is reinforcing behavior that you do want to see. Mm. So. Oftentimes, we um, just really focus in on the behavior that is annoying us about our kids. But when we see our kids reading a book calmly, or say you had a conversation that was really rewarding between you and your kid, often I find parents don't reinforce that. Right. You know, they just, it is what it is, right? But when we catch our kids being good, when we catch our kids being the kid that we want them to be, we really need to reinforce that. And this is something that I've noticed lately with my, um, with my daughter, with my 13 year old, um, that has worked really well. And, and she was a little bit of a back talker and, and kind of dramatic in her talk. (laughs) And I've noticed lately, she likes to sit down with me and just have a conversation about life. And I've noticed that at the end of that conversation, I'll just say something like, man, I, re- I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope we can talk like this more. I-, I learned a lot from you today. And then I've noticed we have more conversations like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so important because we do, at least I do, give a lot of attention to those negative behaviors, but it's those yeah. positive ones. That it's because it's it, it, because you don't necessarily feel that negative emotion and feel compelled mm-hmm. to, you know, react to it. You're yeah. feeling a positive emotion, but you're right. It's just as important to kind of commend them for that. Right. I and when our idea. kids are little, of course, it's it's something different when you catch them playing with a toy by themselves, you know, for a long period of time. Yeah. yeah. You know, reward them with a verbal, you know, attaboy or something. And and you need to be careful in your compliments to kids, especially as they get older, because they could really see through sort of those insincere sure. um, blanket compliments, you know, oh, good, good job. Good mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. They really want to notice that parents are noticing their individuality and that they are trying. So you really have to be a little bit deeper in your complimenting and just, um, and even kind of point out how their good behavior makes you feel and how it makes you feel proud of them. Mm, I like that. You also have an advanced technique and I feel like my listeners are advanced enough to hear it. So (laughs) can you share that advanced technique? Yes. 
So I call this the advanced technique because I don't think you should start out with this one. Sure. This should be after you've used the other um, tools and you've noticed that the backtalk behavior has reduced. Um, backtalk will always be there. You know, it's one of those behaviors that just will come out from time to time. Um, but when you've noticed the, the backtalk has reduced quite a bit and suddenly your child is backtalking again, and this especially works for preteens and teenagers, try to validate what is going on uh, behind that backtalk. And validating isn't complimenting and it's not um, telling them good boy. Validating is actually just understanding why they're telling you what they're telling you. It's putting yourself in their shoes. So if your child comes home, for instance, one day after school and you ask about their day and they just, you know, give you some really um, disrespectful comment, just take a step back and say, wow, you sound really frustrated right now. You know, and you don't have to agree with what they said. You don't really have to challenge what they said. But when you validate what the emotion that's going on behind that back talk, oftentimes it opens up the door for them to tell you more. And then afterwards, you can say, you know, I'm glad we were able to talk about this. Um, I just would appreciate it if you wouldn't be disrespectful at first. Just tell me that you need time or that you'd like to talk. So when you're doing that validation and you say you sound frustrated, mm-hmm. is it then a question like, what's going on? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's magical in the sense that it's a way that kids connect with parents. It's instead of the parent coming at them and saying, you're doing something wrong or what's going on here. It's just you're, you're connecting with your kid. And when they feel connected with you, they feel safer to open up with you and, and really let you in. That makes so much sense. What a great way to end the conversation, Dr. Becca. This has been fantastic. I really love this topic. I hope we can have you back on another time because it sounds like you've got a wealth of knowledge for parents. So we'll make sure that we do that. If parent people want to find out more about you and your blog, how might they do that? Sure. Um, They can read my blog and the articles there at parentingthemodernfamily.com. And um, I could definitely connect with them there. Excellent. And of course, you can find life hacks for working moms at the website lh the number four wm.com or just life hacks for working moms.com. Also, if you like the podcast, do us a favor and subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss an episode. You can also get it on Stitcher Smart Radio. On behalf of Dr. Becca and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this episode of Life Hacks for Working Moms, and we'll see you next time.